so thankful for the presence of each and every one of you this uh, this evening. Um, doesn't look to be too much of a drop off from this morning, and so, but we do know drop off happens from time to time, and even so, regardless if we have a packed house or if we only have a few in number. <laughs> We are here to do and to accomplish the same things. We are here to worship God in spirit and in truth, to sing these songs of praise, and to uh, open up another uh, study of God's Word. And so that's what I would like to do this evening. And so I'd invite you to take your New Testaments out and turn to John chapter 10, the Gospel of John chapter 10. And tonight... We're going to be talking about where he leads, I'll follow. This is, I would say that this is a song that's well known by the majority of the brotherhood. We sing it every now and then as we just did. And uh, there's a lot of truth in this song. And then there's a lot of significant truth that many fail to understand and they fail to keep. There's few who accept the reality of what it means, where he leads, I'll follow. And so a lot of times, just uh, to quickly put it this way, when life begins to get difficult as a disciple of Christ, as a believer, that's when are you really willing to go wherever he goes? Wherever he follows, are you willing to, or wherever he goes, are you willing to follow him? And I I can't really give you a reason as to why people fail to understand or just flat out reject following Christ. Um, Some people tend to have this view that following Christ just consists of, as long as I just merely acknowledge him, that I acknowledge his existence and that he did die on the cross and I believe in his resurrection, then that's good enough and that nothing else is required. There's no sense of accountability or anything for us to uh, make changes in our lives. And so that's what I want us to think about and to study this evening. I want us to consider what's written here in John chapter 10, starting at around verse... 22. At that time, the feast of the dedication took place at Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the porch of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. That kind of goes along the lines of what we talked about this morning, doesn't it? And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. My sheep 
hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Uh, I utilized this example a few Sundays ago in preaching uh, about shepherds and us being sheep. In that, in their time, in their day and age, a lot of times, shepherds would come together in a big field and there would be multiple flocks. So you'd have multiple shepherds of multiple flocks, but a flock would only follow the shepherd that they recognized, that they knew. The sheep of the other folds, if you will, would not get up and follow after a stranger, you see. And we look at our lives and we need to see, is Jesus really our shepherd? Are we really following him or is he just, by the way we live our lives, you may not verbalize it and acknowledge the reality that he's a stranger, but by the way we choose to live our lives, Jesus is in fact a stranger to us. Many of us reject Jesus each and every day just by simply waking up and saying, well, today it's going to be all about me. When we do not declare Him as our King, as our Lord, as our Savior. See, everybody wants a Savior, but they don't want the Lord. And that's what's problematic about uh, modern-day Christianity or Americanized or Western Christianity, which it happens elsewhere too, but... It's extremely prevalent in our day and age. And so there's a lot to talk about here, but the first thing I want us to consider is the reality that hearing must take place. So then our faith comes by hearing, hearing through the Word of God. Jesus gives us the words of life. And He tells us if we partake of Him... If we eat of Him, if we drink of Him, He gives us eternal life. We see here, uh, verse 28, And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And these are the ones who hear Him and who follow Him. My sheep hear my voice. Hearing is doing something. And so I want us to understand this. So let's, let's do a few scripture references this evening. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 15 real quick. Matthew chapter 15. And verse 10. Actually, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to verse 7. Matthew 10, uh, 15 verse 7. We see here, you hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. You people honor me with your lips, but their heart is far away from me. People cry out, oh, I believe Jesus. I believe in you, Lord. I believe in God. There's people today who call themselves Jews. They call themselves to be practicing Jews. I don't know how. They don't have a temple. They don't offer animal sacrifice, they don't do half of the stuff that they were called to do in the law. But they call themselves Jews, and they say, well, we serve the same God you do. No, you don't. Just because you verbalize something, just because you make an assertion, does not, in fact, make it true. 
We can assert a lot of things. We can say and make claims to a, a, a whole lot of things. But that doesn't make it true and it doesn't make it right. These people, they honor me with their list, but their heart is far away from me. Because why? They're not willing to follow Christ. Are we willing to follow Christ all the way to the cross? What does that consist of? I would suggest that that consists of, and I'm just going to put it simply this. Following Christ to the cross, as, as Jesus went to the cross and He was crucified, and He physically died, then obviously He was, spiritual, he was physically resurrected as well, that when we follow Christ to the cross, and we trust in that work that He accomplishes, that sacrifice that He gave of His life, the perfect sacrifice, the only sacrifice that ultimately matters. And so what do we do with our lives? We repent. We repent of our sins and we turn to God and we say, okay, this is going to be... And we have to acknowledge it's difficult. It's not easy. It's not a walk in the park to just upend and completely flip your life around. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. It, sometimes it takes blood, sweat, and tears to make these types of changes. And so when we go to the cross with Jesus, if we follow Jesus all the way to the cross, we are willing to crucify all of the sins in our lives and to cut them out completely. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of the commandments of men. Look at verse 10. After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, Hear and understand. Now I also want you to understand, here's what I'm not saying. Hearing is not what it's all made out to be. You can hear the truth, but just hearing alone is not what makes one righteous. Hearing the gospel is not what justifies the man. And that's actually the principle. It's either in Romans chapter 2 or chapter 3 that Paul makes to those Jews in reference to the law. You, know, you think you have the law, but the hearing of the law isn't what makes one righteous. It's not what justifies you. It's the keeping of the law. That's what justifies you. Go over to James chapter 1 real quick. James chapter 1. And go down to verse uh, 22. Look at what James says here. James 1 verse 22. He says, but prove yourselves what? Doers. Doers of the word. And not merely hearers only who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it. Not having becoming a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. Let's go over to Revelation chapter 3 real quick. Revelation chapter 3. And drop down to verse 20. Jesus says, Behold, I 
stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. See, opening the door to Christ is willing to let Him in. It's willing to allow Him to come into your life and to change you from the inside out. Now, a lot of us, we can get, some of us can get away with it. We, we, we dress ourselves up real nice and fancy. We look the part, we play the part, but inwardly, we are just as dead as a dead person. We're just full of dead men's bones. But behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. I give eternal life. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. To the churches. So the first action of hearing is extremely important. If we're not willing to listen to the truth and to appreciate the truth and the and the realities that comes of the truth, which is the change in our lives that points us to a better way, and that is to Christ, and that is ultimately to heaven then we're missing it all. But hearing is not the only action we see over in John chapter 10. The second action that we see is that Jesus knows his sheep. So let's go back to John chapter 10. So verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Why does Jesus, or how does Jesus know us? It's not because that they, because we hear him. That's not the only reason. I mean, that's part of the reason, but it's not hearing alone that does it. But it's because of everything that we've talked about. We believe in Him. We believe in the one who sent Jesus and that we must be a doer of His will, a doer of all His commandments. In vain do they worship me. See? Now, if we're, if we're doing all this in vain and it's empty and it's worthless and it's meaningless, we really don't have our hearts in the right place. We're just doing this to, to pass the time. We're doing it to pacify, to keep everybody else on my back. I can't believe I forgot to turn my phone on silent. Sorry about that. What's the whole duty of man? To fear God and to keep His commandments. How hard is it? It's hard if we make it hard. But because we hear, and that we understand, and that we abide in the will of God, when we do those things, we can be sure that Jesus will confess us before His Father who is in heaven. You go over to a proof text for that is Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. 
and 33. Look at Matthew 10, 32 and 33. He says, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. And, and so we don't, look at, we, we don't need to look at this at, in a superficial sense in that, well, you know, I'm not verbally going out and denying Christ. I'm just doing it through my actions. You hear how horrible that sounds? I know that Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but I'm a good person. I do everything else right. That's a terrible outlook on Christianity and our spirituality and the fact that we're trying to gain remission of sins. We're trying to have our sins forgiven and, and washed away and remembered no more. And we're going to say, and we're going to throw baptism back in the face of God, in the face of Jesus, and say, ah, oh, that's a work of man. Have you heard the truth? Many people have heard the truth on the subject. Let's go over to Colossians chapter 2. Just real quick, Colossians chapter 2. I love it when I hear people make that assertion that baptism is a work of man. It's like, well, wait a minute. Now let's, let's correct this real quick and then say that again. And so you go over to Colossians chapter 2. And drop down to verse 11 and 12. In him you were, also, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of man. Is that what that passage says? Through faith in our, in our outward works? No. Paul says, through faith in the working of God, who was raised, who raised him from the dead. And so sometimes there's going to be people who, they'll still deny it. They'll still reject it. And so what do you do? You can't force them to accept it. It's unfortunate that they claim that. But when you show them one plus one is two, you give them the verse, book, chapter, and verse, and you so look, look at what this says. And they still deny it. You've done all that you can do. You cannot force people to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And it's because they are not hearing. It is because they are not listening. Now, they claim to listen. They claim to hear. You ever talk to someone who you're trying to engage with them in a conversation and they're just not listening? They are not hearing you? This happens a lot between husband and wives, doesn't it? Yes. Because us men, we are pig-headed. We think we have all the answers. But the reality is, is that our form of communication. We communicate differently than women. And so sometimes when something's being communicated to us, we're not actively listening. We are hearing what we want to hear. And it happens. 
But we're talking about our spiritual life. Now, I, I obviously believe that it's important to have good communication and a good relationship with our wives and vice versa. You wives need to have good relationship with your husbands. But when we look at a book, chapter, and verse foundation, we, we open up God's Word. And we say that it's telling us to do something, to cut something out of our lives, to remove the sin, to stop serving the sin, stop giving in to the temptation. And yet we just continue to go out and do it. We're not listening. And Jesus does not know us when we do that. Oh, He knows who we are, but He does not know us as His sheep. We would be lumped in with the goats. And finally, the third action that we see in John chapter 10 is the action of following Him. So we have hearing Him, Him knowing us, and us following Him. And so we've, we've looked at several passages already. Uh, let's look at one more. Uh, let's go over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And drop down to verse 46. It's evident as to who are the faithful. It's evident as to who the sheep are for Christ. Whom He shepherds. Do we follow Him? Does it, when He calls us, do we go? Or do we go when another stranger calls? It gets back to that example of having multiple uh, flocks of sheep in one field with multiple shepherds. Again, I always go back to this. When the shepherd calls his sheep, the rest of the sheep stay. They, they don't even move. They try to get out the way because they know this is not me. This is not mine calling me. And so when Jesus is calling us, are we going to Him? Are we following Him? And so look here, Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Well, that's powerful. I don't know how anyone can get around this. But they do, and somehow they do it with a good conscience. Somehow, some people are able to sleep at night knowing that they are not following the Lord. While in the same breath saying that they believe and love Jesus. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words, and so we have these same actions, right? They're coming to Christ, they are hearing Him. Everyone who comes to me, they hear my words and acts on them. Okay, so these are the positive reactions, the... You, you're listening, you're accepting. I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But what's the unfortunate reality? You have some... Who hear. 
And you have some who do not act accordingly. But the one who has heard, you've heard it, but you're not acting accordingly, is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. He hasn't built upon the chief cornerstone, the solid rock of Christ. Built a house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. Because spiritually, those people are lost for all eternity. So long as they remain in that condition. One more passage, and then the lesson will be yours. Let's go over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I appreciate everyone that's come out this evening. I know it is cold. The weather is not ideal, although I think we all know. I hope everyone's been preparing for tomorrow as they're calling for basically an ice storm. But uh, thank you for coming out this evening and worshiping God and studying with us. But the final passage for this evening is Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to read 17 through 21. Brethren, join according to the pattern that you have in us. These disciples, these apostles are following Christ and they're helping to lay the foundation for the church and for the members of the church. And Paul's telling them, you follow our lead. He tells the church at Corinth, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. This is good for us to do. And so he's telling the brethren at Philippi the same thing. Observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have in us. I want us to think about faith, companionship, and walking with Christ. It's not faith when we walk with God and agree with Him. That's companionship. But think about submissiveness for just a moment. Submissiveness is walking with God even when we don't fully understand. Because ultimately there's things you're always going to have questions about. And so those questions that you may have, you look, you say, I don't have the answers. I don't know the answers. But I know God's in control. I know that if I submit to Him in all things, in all things, every aspect of my life, everything else will be sorted out. Those answers will come, maybe not here and now, maybe not even in our lifetime. Maybe we have to wait for eternity to get some answers. But that's okay. That is living out faith. And so we see here, Walk according to the pattern that you have in us. For many walk of whom I've often told you, and I tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? Because they're not following Him. That's why. 
whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Are you ready and willing tonight to allow the power of the gospel, the power of God, to change your life for all eternity? If you're here tonight and you've never rendered obedience to the gospel, the question of the song is, who will follow Jesus? We need to be asking ourselves this question. Are we following Jesus? Who will do it? If you won't, who will? We can't expect everybody else to do it for us. So if you're here tonight and you have never obeyed the gospel, but you're ready and willing to make the change, repent of your sins, confess Him before men, and be buried with Him in baptism to have your sins washed away. We want you to have that opportunity. But maybe you've already done that and you have sin in your life. You need to be reconciled back to God. If there's something that we can help you in that, by praying for you and praying with you, we would like to help you. So if you're subject to our public invitation, we ask that you please come forward as we together we stand and sing the invitation.